0: Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of draftsharks.com here to run you through the top waiver options ahead of week three. If you're a DS insider, you already got an email Sunday night with immediate waiver options, as well as injury updates following all of Sunday's action. You can also check out our full waiver pickups article on draftsharks.com. We lay out. Options for various league types. We give bid recommendations for every guy on the list, as well as some streaming options for the positions where you might be looking for that. So check that out every Tuesday on draft sharks.com or Wednesday, if that's the day you need it, Jared, let's run through a top five with another little question thrown in the middle. But I think any waiver talk for week three has to start with the Cleveland situation and thus has to start with Jerome Ford, 16 carries, Two, Pierre Strong's two last night. Of course, Nick Chubb left in the first half with that knee injury. He's going to miss the rest of the year. It looks like Jerome Ford, I don't think anybody would expect him to be Nick Chubb, but it looks like he's going to be the clear backfield leader going forward. Obviously the top waiver pickup for every league, right? Yeah, and
1: you saw on Monday night, I think what makes Ford so exciting is the big playability. I mean, he has you know as much as much big playability as Nick Chubb, you know, not not comparing the two at all. But you know, as far as the ability to break off long runs, I mean Jerome Ford ran a four-four-six at the combine at 210 pounds, too. So he's not, you know, he's he's lead back size. Um, And I think he's going to get a crack at that lead job. They have Pierre Strong there, who I was not a big fan of coming in and has done nothing, you know, through his short NFL career so far. I think Cleveland's going to bring someone else in. They almost have to, right? I mean, they can't go forward with Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong and and nothing else in the backfield. I almost hope they they make a move today and like maybe bringing Kareem Hunt to, to, you know, maybe lower the asking price on Jerome Ford. Because I just think Jerome Ford is better at this point than Kareem Hunt. I think you look at Kareem Hunt's like advanced metrics last season, and they, they were just bad. He's like 28 or 29 now. I think I just think he doesn't have a whole lot left. Uh, so I do think Ford is the guy you want here. I think he's a guy that you kind of spend what you need to spend. I think as far as Fab to get him, and you know how much that is. You know you kind of have to know your league, get a feel for. It. If you're talking like FFPC, like you're gonna have to spend you know, 80 Everything. to 90% of your fab, I think, to get him. Yeah, which I, I think it is reasonable. If you're a team that needs a running back, and there are a lot of teams that need running backs after the injuries we've, you know, dealt with already at the top of the running back board, I think, you know, do what you need to do to get Jerome Ford. I think he's he's that guy. He's the guy you want to kind of go all in on.
0: Yeah, he's going to be one of the best pickups the rest of this year. The best pickups are going to be running backs that are suddenly thrust into a starting job. And we're going to get to another potential guy in that range uh, next. But yeah, like that's the guy that you're spending on at this point. And how much you should put down depends on what you need. If you need a running back. Jerome Ford's probably going to be one of the best options available going forward. So I think you go basically as high as you need to to get him. If you're pretty well set at running back, but you're like, I got a spot to play with and I want to make sure that nobody steals him in my league, I think it's fine to bid on him there too. You just don't want to put as much down on Jerome Ford if he's not going to be as much help to you. That's when maybe you put... 30 35 percent of your waiver budget down something like that but I don't think there's anything that's really too high depending on your situation for Jerome Ford this week
1: now I think worst case scenario for Jerome Ford is is the Browns making a move for Cam Akers because that's kind of like the other running back domino that is going to fall I think at some point here you know there's Cam Akers Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt who are still you know two of them are looking for a team Akers it seems like he's he's done in LA so he's going to be playing elsewhere so you know what what Ford did last night should earn him the right to, you know, at least have the first crack at this starting job.
0: And I don't know if Cam Akers is any good yet. So I think that even if he came to Cleveland, he's not going to be the RB1, the head of Jerome Ford. So he's certainly um, somebody that you want to pick up, regardless of what scenario you can play out going forward in Cleveland. Yep. Guy number two on our list that I just alluded to is Tyje Spears. Now, if you don't have an immediate running back need, if you're set for week three and, you know, let's hope the weeks beyond that, if you don't suddenly lose guys this week, then TyJ Spears is an excellent guy to stash because he's Jerome Ford before the injury to Nick Chubb. He's somebody that you stash right now. He's gotten more use than any other number two Tennessee running back since Derrick Henry was the number two Tennessee running back. That said, not enough use where we're going to be using TyJ Spears when Derrick Henry's in the game. Just 11 carries, six targets through two games. But if Derrick Henry goes down, Spears is going to be the pickup. He's going to be the Jerome Ford and probably better because he's likely a higher upside player, looks explosive as a runner looks like a high upside receiver. So stash Tajay Spears if you can, if you've got a spot to play with now, and maybe you get him at a cheaper level now while other people are in more need and chasing the more immediate options.
1: Yeah, Spears has looked awesome. He looked awesome in the preseason and he's looked awesome through two games. As you said, it's only been 11 carries, but Spears leads all running backs with 10 plus carries in pro football focus rushing grade through two weeks. And just watching these Titans games, it's clear that like Spears is a part of their game plans. It's not like, you know, Derek Henry has just carried eight straight times. Let's get him out, and put Spears in for two plays. Like they're, they're designing stuff to get Spears the ball. The Titans first play of overtime this past week, Spears, he took a little pitch off left tackle and picked up like 14 yards. So again, that tells me he's a big part of their plan. Like you said, he's not getting enough work to you know, be someone you want to be starting. Like he's, I think a decent emergency option. And when by weeks start to hit like Spears, you might find him in like the mid thirties in our running back rankings with the type of work he's getting. But if something happens to Derrick Henry, like Spears is, is going to be, I, I think, flirting with like RV1 value. So he is definitely a guy that sit, should be stashed pretty much in, like in all fantasy leagues, even like leagues of 10 plus teams.
0: Like, you know, even 10 team leagues, he mm-hmm. should Spears should be rostered at this point he's as attractive a handcuff as there is that hasn't yet seen the starter go down. And the one other thing that I like about the situation is I think there's another potential path to Spears getting there. And that would be if Derek Henry were to be traded during the season, we heard rumors of it in the off season. You know, the Titans might stumble at some point, even if they don't, he's got a contract that they want to unload or they would probably like to unload before it gets to the end. So, you know, if Derek Henry were to get traded, obviously same effect as if Derek Henry got hurt next up. Matt Breida versus Craig Reynolds, um, likely to be two other guys that are on the minds of people playing waivers this week, and you know perhaps debated. So, Jared, I, I set this up as Matt Breida versus Craig Reynolds. Who is your favorite between them? And you know that, that can be whatever level of favorite you want to put on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a low level of favorite. I, I'd lean towards Reynolds, I guess, just he's in the much better running game. Um, I, I think you know, both both these guys are going to be in committees. I mean, I think. Breda is the favorite on Thursday night to lead the Giants backfields in touches, but Gary Brightwell is going to be involved. I expect Eric Gray, their rookie to be active and maybe get on the field a little bit. And it's a, you know, matchup with San Francisco, which you kind of just don't want to mess with. Um, The Giants do get Seattle in week four, when again, we expect Saquon Barkley to not play. So like there's a chance Breda, if he gets, you know, 50% of the backfield work, uh, on Thursday night here and then gets the better matchup against Seattle in the week forward. There's a chance Breda is someone you can use as like an RB3 or flex in that game. So I, we're, I think we're not saying Breda shouldn't be picked up. It's just, you know, he, he's well below, obviously forward, well below TyJ Spears, and even below these, you know, next few wide receivers we're going to get to. And then Reynolds, same deal. I mean, we, we know Jameer Gibbs is there. We know the Lions don't want to overwork Jameer Gibbs, especially on the ground. So there are going to be carries available that Montgomery is leaving behind. But Zonovan Knight was promoted to the active roster today uh, for the Lions, which one tells us they probably don't expect Montgomery to play this week. And two, I think Zonovan Knight is going to be involved, too. You know, Reynolds is not going to pick up all of Montgomery's work. He's another guy who I think is more of a desperation play this week.
0: The only way that I'm even interested in either of these guys is if I'm in a situation where I'm like, oh crap, who am I starting at running back this week? Like I had one team where I had to pick up Deion Jackson last week and that ended up doing nothing for me. That's the kind of situation where I'll take either Matt Breida or Craig Reynolds. And I agree leaning toward Reynolds because I think he's David Montgomery light and the Lions have scored the 10th most running back PPR points so far. The Giants just 18th on that list. And that's with a 27.2 point outing from Barkley in week two. So it's just a better situation in Detroit. Even if we don't get all the way to Montgomery's use, I think we've got potential for Craig Reynolds to score a touchdown on the ground. Matt Breida is just not good. Two straight seasons in San Francisco. He reached five yards per carry in the three years since then he has played each of those with a different team. He totaled 68 touches, 33 touches, 74 touches over entire seasons with three different teams. He spent the past two with Brian Dable, first in Buffalo, then with the Giants. Barely touchable in each case. He's a small speed back who has never reached two receptions per game for a season. So I expect there to be a committee in a Giants backfield that hasn't looked awesome, even with Saquon so far, and an iffy looking offense. You know, you mentioned the matchup makes it even worse for this Thursday night. So. Matt Breida, maybe, but only if I'm spending a few bucks.
1: Yeah, Breida is RB40 in our initial week three PPR running back rankings. So again, he's
0: he's a desperation play. What I would like to do is let somebody else get Matt Breida, and spend a dollar on Eric Gray and see what happens. Because we've seen that Matt Breida is not that good. We've seen that Gary Brightwell has not commanded that much work. We don't know anything about Eric Gray yet. So I'd rather buy the unknown there and see what happens.
1: Yep, I'm with you. I think Gray in you know deeper leagues and you know, FFPC, those types of leagues that Gray is worth um, a buck or two of your fab this week.
0: Now, if you disagree with us on Matt Breida, if you think he's just been waiting for the opportunity and he's going to surprise us all on Thursday night, let us know in the comments on YouTube. We love hearing from you, even if you disagree with what we're saying. Let's move over to wide receiver now, Jared. And Tank Dell was actually on the field more than Nico Collins a little bit in week two. He led the team by one target in just his second pro game. And Houston's been more pass happy through two weeks than any of us would have guessed. What do you think of Tank Dell?
1: Yeah, this Texans passing game is fun. Um, You know, CJ Stroud's playing well. They're letting him chuck it, as you said. I think he has 44 and 47 pass attempts through his first two games. Um, And some of that's been game script related. But yeah, Houston is third. In neutral pace and fifth in neutral pass rate through two weeks. So it's a fast paced, pass heavy offense. So we know Nico Collins has been awesome through two games. Robert Woods has been useful. But Tank Dell, I mean, he looked awesome in the preseason. He opened the year as Houston's fourth wide receiver, but he, you know, he got what he needed when Noah Brown hit IR last week that moved down. And so, you know, like you said, basically a full-time role and he's, he's not going to give that up going forward now. He looked really good in week two. Again, like you said, seven catches, 72 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. So I, I just think he's
0: um, probably a wide receiver four
1: right now, you know, deeper leagues, you can start him, and then there's, you know, a chance for him to, to climb from there.
0: Yeah, is he going to be somebody you feel comfy starting every week? Probably not. Is he a higher upside guy than Robert Woods? Yes. Tutu Atwell, we look at the Rams and obviously Puka Nakua has been the big story because he has to be, but that's masking the fact that Tutu Atwell is 16th, tied for 16th among wide receivers and targets, all alone at 16th in total PPR points among wide receivers. And he's getting those targets, even with Puka, 10 targets ahead of every other wide receiver in the league so far. Obviously, the question here is, what is the role for Tutu when Cooper Cup comes back? What is the role for Puka when Cooper Cup comes back? None of us knows, of course. And there's also the chance that Cup's hamstring is a problem all year. So for now, it seems like. Just grab the Rams receivers, enjoy it while it lasts, and see what happens beyond that.
1: I think we can safely say that Van Jefferson's going to be the fourth wide receiver when Cooper Cup comes back because he, he's just not he's just not very good. Um, now Cooper Cup's return is still a big problem for Tutu and even Puka, right? Because like Cup's going to come back and command a big share of the target. So we'll see where that all goes. But um, Tutu, as you said, 16th in PPR points through two weeks, he gets Cincinnati this Monday night, which is an okay matchup. He gets Indianapolis in week four, which is a, a plus matchup. So I think if nothing else, like 2-2, two, two, someone you can start in week four. He's, you know, like a borderline wide receiver three this week, I think. I think I've just been reminded through two weeks that Sean McVay and Matt Stafford are both still really good at their jobs. Like McVay is still one of the best play callers in the NFL. Stafford is playing awesome. He is fourth in PFF passing grade through four weeks. So, you know, that's what's kind of supporting um, both Nakua and Atwell as, you know, fantasy assets so far.
0: Yeah, I like here that we have two paths as well, where maybe the Rams just stay good on offense and support two wide receivers a week, even after Cooper Cup is back, or maybe the team struggles more overall than it has to this point. And then we get more trailing game scripts and more passing volume and still supports the wide receiver. So in any event, I think at the price it takes to get Tutu Atwell right now, he's worth the pickup. The last guy on our list heading into week three, Jaden Reed. Rookie wide receiver from green Bay, Jared. I saw Jacob Gibbs of CBS and some other places. Um, He is at J a Gibbs underscore 23 on X. He put out a list of percentage of team receiving yards that rookies have accounted for while on the field so far. Marvin Mims up top because he has barely been on the field. And when he has, he's (laughs) caught long passes. Rashi Rice is next. He's also been light on playing time. So we'll see about that. Then Puka, obviously. And then right behind Puka is Jaden Reed, who has been an important factor in the passing game for a Green Bay team that still doesn't have Christian Watson back and is still I don't know. Uncertain, I guess, for how good the passing offense is, but there's been production, and Jaden Reed's been central to it.
1: Yeah, the the per route efficiency and the per route targets, you know, th- those are definitely signals, and they're they're good news for Reed. You know, both both this season and going forward. If you're you know talking dynasty, I think it's been an excellent start for his dynasty prospects. I do want to be careful though, for like Reed's, I guess, you know, like short term fantasy value, just because I, as you said the. Packers passing game has been a little fluky so far. Jordan Love has six touchdowns on 52 pass attempts. That's an 11.5% touchdown rate, which is just, you know, like three times what you'd expect a touchdown rate to be exactly. And then even Jaden Reed, you know, two touchdowns on six catches. He's kind of been a benefactor of that high touchdown rate. Green Bay is 29th in pass attempts and 23rd in passing yards through two weeks. They are playing slow and they're leaning run, which is what we projected them to do. And I think that's going to continue, especially if, and when Aaron Jones gets healthy again. And as you said, Christian Watson's coming back soon to add more target competition. So you know, Reed, you're kind of betting on the talent, I think earning him a bigger role going forward. He's still basically only playing in three wide receiver sets and playing like 75% of his his snaps in the slot. He needs to get into two wide receiver sets. I think, especially when, when Watson comes back to be someone we can start in fantasy leagues this year. But again, at some point you want to bet on talent. And I think, um, you know, Reed is definitely worth stashing in leagues of 12 plus
0: teams. Agreed. You can grab and use Tutu Atwell. You want to stash Jaden Reed right now, and then we'll see what happens in each case. If you want, Ultimate waiver wire help you need to become a DS insider and take advantage of the free agent finder. It syncs directly with your league to comb through who's actually available in your specific league, then compares those guys to the players on your current roster. You can see who we recommend grabbing by our projections for the week ahead, for the week going on now, for the full season. We've got other measures that you can uh, rank by, compare to see who you wanna add to your team. Check out the free agent finder on draftsharks.com. And of course, find our full rankings for week three and the rest of the season there as well. If you wanna know every time we post new content on YouTube or your favorite pod channel, make sure you subscribe. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate your help in keeping all this running. Thank you for joining us. Now let's go win this week.